Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Bang Bang Colts. Uh, today we're going to talk about New Year's Weird. traditions. Yeah. yeah. So welcome but to like, 2020. Weird. We're in a new decade. Almost to 2020. Yeah, I don't know when this comes out. I don't out, remember but... when this comes out. <laughs> well, around, you know, it's New Year's time-ish. So <laughs> Yeah. So welcome to that. So hello. <laughs> All right. I'm going to flip the coin. Maybe. That bounced off of like three things and its tails. All right. So it's me. Okay. Yes. All right. Today I'm going to talk about the Takanaku Festival. Again, you know me with my uh, pronunciation, so forgive. <laughs> the festival is held at the end of the year in the Chumbivilacas province of Peru. So it's in Peru. <laughs> That's a name. That's a lot of things in that name. Uh, the festival began in Santo Thomas and has spread to other villages and cities, uh, with the most notable being Cusco and Lima. And the festival consists of people dancing and fighting each other. Yay, fighting. Wow. Yeah, a little fun. fun. A little fun jab here and there. The purpose of the fighting is to settle conflicts with an individual friend or family member. And in other cases, it's used to settle territorial conflicts that have come up throughout the year. So if you're like, you know, angry at someone, it's like your way to let it out. Yeah. So they're just getting everything out of the way at the end of the year. Exactly. Like let it go. Exactly. Let's start fresh. I'm kind of into it. I wouldn't want to fight, but I'm into like the concept of it. No, but it seems healthy. Yeah. in a sense. Yeah, like start fresh. The main celebration happens in the Peruvian Andes in, like I said, the ch- ch- chum beef whatever area. Uh, it has a population of approximately 300 people, but during the celebration, about 3,000 gather to watch the fights. Makes and, sense. Yeah, so people really Everyone loves it. a good fight. Yeah, I mean, look at all of the like UFC fights and stuff. Yeah, uh, people are into it. <laughs> uh, there is a second celebration that takes place the day after in, in the village of Lilik, and it's also located in the province of Cusco. The, this is where the best fighters of multiple villages gather to release pent-up energy between the strongest men, women, and even children, and there is no police, no military, or any government services in these communities. So they're just like, Basically, like the indigenous people, and they're just free to do what they want. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the fighting that is used during the ceremony is relatively similar to martial arts, and it involves kicking, punching, and quick movements. And to prep for the festival, the community has preliminary drinking days before the celebration. And on the ce- day of the celebration, the people of the community get together, they have breakfast at the local church, and they drink. So they're just hanging okay. out, drinking. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a festival. And, of course, after the fight, fighters will drink more alcohol, obviously, to, like, help numb the pain of all of the And to celebrate thing. being done. Right. Like, sweet. I'm happy now, and I my eye is swollen, but it's okay. I'm good. <laughs> Uh, they do a procession to the fight, like to where they're going to do the fight. 
Um, and it starts with a high pitch falsetto, uh, basically a method of voice production used by the male singers. And they use a type of music that's played during the ceremony, and it's called Waylila. And the music originated in the 1960s as part of the Taki Unqua resistance movement. Again, pronunciation. Okay. Uh, The lyrics are basically centered around the repeal of authority, confrontation, and freedom. And the the chorus is repeated in a loop throughout the procession all the way to the center. It's where the fight's going to happen. So it's just kind of like, again, their way of being like, no authority. We're going to like, let's be free of all of our anger and all that. And one – yeah, it's, you know, it's all, it's like a whole thing. They're just letting it all go. <laughs> and once they get to the fight site, the people that are going to be fighting, they call out their opponents by their first and last name. And then they uh, proceed to the center of the circle and just start the fight. And at the start and end of each fight, the opponents must shake hands or give each other a hug. So at least it's like friendly. Yeah, they're like, Itch. all right, we got our aggression out. We're good. Yeah, like, we're good cool. We're comrades, but, like, yeah, it's all good. Uh, the men must wrap their hands with cloth before the fight, so it's not, like, bare-fisted, so that's semi-nice. Uh, biting and pulling of hair is not allowed. It Neither is hitting them when they're on the ground. Okay. So, yeah, they're, like, you know, These are civil. good rules. Yeah, they're civil about their fights. Good. And the winner is selected based upon either a knockout or an intervention by the official, a.k.a. like when there's a clear winner. Mm-hmm. And they also have amateur fit officials who carry whips around to keep the crowd under control. So That sounds more dangerous than the fights. That's what I think. Like one of them is just like, this person's getting crazy and like whipping. Like, ugh. <laughs> Ugh. They probably just whip towards them and right, they just like make back. the noise. Like, okay, okay, I'll be chill. I'm sorry. Maybe, uh, maybe not though. I mean, if I violence mean, is about- their thing, right? And I feel like you get more violent while watching violence. But I guess we'll just have to go to one of these to see what it's like. I guess so. All right, Peru our next guy. Okay. <laughs> uh, if the loser of the fight disagrees with the outcome, he or she can appeal for another fight. Um, and this type of fighting shows one's level of manhood in the community. So, like, if you don't do well and then you keep, like, asking for appeals, like, kind of shows that you're not, like, very manly. Which yeah. makes, makes, makes sense. Uh, another – yeah, right? Like – there's always like that little scrawny guy that like has something to prove, but yeah. Uh, another large part of the festival is they actually wear costumes during the fights and go like during the procession and stuff. Um, so there's five types of character characters that are portrayed during the ceremony. And many of them are based off of the Andean cultural symbols um, or they wear a traditional horse gear and brightly colored ski masks. So a lot of the times their faces are covered. So they actually like you, they don't know who they're fighting. So it keeps away like any pent up stuff in the next year, oh, I guess. I get so it. Makes, yeah. So like the person doing the fighting gets to let it go. And then the other person doesn't know who was mad at them. But at the same time, you would think you would know who's mad at you. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you know, like in 
Like, you still know their body, I would assume, too, but whatever. Yeah. But they try their best, I guess. <laughs> All right. So you could really just be like, just want to fight and be like, this person pissed me off. And yeah, if you have anger towards them, that's fine. You can just take it out. Or just for no reason. Yeah. I don't like the way their hair looked on Friday. I'm sure there is like that one person that like tries to fight everyone. They're like, damn it, this person again. Yeah, right. Rude. Rude. Uh, the first character is the Mohanao, and the Mohana are the most basic level of dress. It is the traditional horse riding gear, and it's a Maheda, which is a person who lives the near the Mahes River in the Andes. Um, and basically, the attire of the character is based on this person that lives near the the river, and so like the most again like the most common of people. Yeah. They wear wool horse riding pants, a leather cap, a Harrington-like traditional Peruvian jacket, and then they wear a, a hollow they have a hollowed out bull's horn for the alcohol so they get to bring it with them. They're prepared. That's and, I mean, it's preparation yeah. it's finest. They they know what they're doing. They've they've been doing it for some years. <laughs> <laughs> uh they also wear a spe- the specific Peruvian mask that they wear. I cannot pronounce what it's called, so I'm not even going to try. But it has abstract symbolic associations, and it also has four colors on it, which is red, green, yellow, and white, which represent the four quadrants of the universe. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah, so it's symbolism, you know, it's like all the things. Uh, and yeah, like I said, the main purpose of the ski mask is to conceal the identity. The second type of costume is the Quarawatana. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> uh, similar to the Maheda dress, but they add a leather biker jacket and long leather cowboy chaps. <laughs> oh, I'm loving interesting. It. Yeah. I know. It's like kind of adding like the Western feel to it a little bit. And they either have a dead bird or a dead skull on top of their heads. And this tends to be the most common pick for young individuals as it's the most intimidating of all of the characters. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, a dead deer skull like coming at you is not my uh, cup of tea. But yeah, you know. No. (laughs) Uh, The third type of costume is the Negro. And... The costume tries to portray as a slave master during the colonial periods. So they would wear knee-high leather boots, fancy pants, a nice shirt and a waistcoat, a silk embroidered cape in pink or baby blue, and a cardboard crown with shiny wrapping paper and a star on the top of it. And the character would dance around in circles like a rooster, which is the character's associated spirit animal. Uh, this type of outfit was traditionally reserved for wealthy men in the town. Um, that and it makes basically, sense, but I have so many questions. I so many, I know, but you know, like, why is there a cape? Because I think like rich people back at like the colonial people wore capes. I don't, you know, like it's part of their uh, gear. I yeah. get that. I get it. I wouldn't want to, but you're wearing a cape while trying to like fight someone. I feel like it would like get in the way, but. I mean, you could strangle. Them. Oh, wait, no, because you can't do that kind of stuff. It's just like hitting, right? Right. 
but yeah, I guess like they could, but yeah, I don't know. It seems counterintuitive to being like a good fighter, but I don't know. I guess. What do I know? (laughs) So does a big crown on your head or a skull. That's true. Okay. I don't know. Again, we just have to go watch and maybe it'll make more understand more. understanding. Yeah, more. <laughs> uh, this type of outfit is actually, yeah, like I said, reserved for the wealthy men in town. Um, and it's also a contrast to the Mahano's drunk character. It's supposed to be like the more elite of the characters. Um, and over time, this has actually become less of the rich man's costume and more of that of the top fighters. So the top oh. fighters tend to wear this now. So that makes sense because there's like a crown and yeah. So like you're the better of them and like you're the king of fighting. Yeah, that makes, makes sense. sense. The fourth type of costume is the langos, and the word the Peruvian word langos translates to locust, and the costume is made to resemble one, and it's made out of shiny material, and often the wearer has hands a dead bird to represent the death that the locust caused in the area in the 1940s. So that's an option if you want to have a dead bird. Yeah. There for you. <laughs> the fifth and final, final type of costume is the Kawara Galo. I, I don't that know. That sounds close uh, enough. It's Q-A-R-A and then G-A-L-L-O. Whatever. Kawara maybe? Cora Gaia, yeah, Gaia, yeah. All right, well, th- this <laughs> this specific fighter wears uh, no distinct type of dress um, that is attributed to the Andean culture. They also don't participate in the fight, but they still take part of the procession. So basically, they either would wear like one of the masks or just like something that like makes them show that they're part of the procession, but it's not anything like special. Okay. It's kind of like wearing green on St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. Exactly. So the festival has become very popular and has been celebrated and the celebration has crossed class barriers. So it isn't even just like the indigenous people, but it's actually like reach people of the middle and upper classes that are take part of it. And it's also spread to other areas. And there is actually a similar celebration in Bolivia called the Tinku. And that one takes place in May in the village of Potosi. And um, in this one, it's the women rarely fight. And sometimes the fights turn into large brawls. So it's not Um, as like civil. Yeah, that's not what you want. Yeah, that's like not the point. So like they try to do good and then whatever. It became not The people that don't want to do good branch out and make it what they want. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so that is the Takanaku Festival of Peru. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I know. It is very interesting. I, I did something different, of course. And okay. so I tried to find a cult or something that was violent around and had some sort of crazy New Year's Eve tradition or something. But I think Heather found the best one. So I couldn't find anything like that. So instead, there's like a lot of cool things, but huh? they're all like kind of. There's a lot of like cool traditions, but they're all kind of like tiny or just like little things that they do. Exactly, like eating twelve grapes or wearing red underwear. Yeah. 
or eating having lots of round things. Exactly. I, there were a few <laughs> that I thought about looking into, but there just wasn't enough information. So instead, I uh, I have a list of all of the things in the United States and a couple like outside of the United States of everything that is dropped on New Year's Eve. Yes, I love it. Or raised or whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of weird things out there. I can imagine. All right, so we're going to start with St. Andrew's, New Brunswick. They drop a red maple leaf, except for they actually do it in Maine. Okay. So it's for, it commemorates the new year in Atlantic Canada, but it's in Maine. Okay. Yeah. I guess that works. (laughs) Uh, So in St. George's, Bermuda, they drop a paper mache Bermuda onion covered in Christmas lights. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Prestonburg, Kentucky raises a star. Just a normal star or like a lit I up guess. star? I'm sure it's – I don't know. Okay. I don't know. In Brooksville, Florida, they used to drop a 200-pound tangerine. <laughs> How do they get a 200-pound tangerine? I don't know. I don't know if it was a real tangerine. Probably not. Yeah. It's probably, probably like, like yeah. a, mate, a fake one. Um. So at, in Key West, at the Sloppy Joe's Bar, which I've been to – I'm sure other people have been there. They've been to Key West. They have a um, six-foot queen conch shell. Six they, foot? Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And then also in Key West at the 801 Saloon, they drop a ruby slipper with a drag queen in it. <laughs> just one slipper and there's just a drag queen? Yeah, inside of it. So like a giant ruby slipper okay and the drag queen's like in it i'm guessing he performs he she she performs yeah i would assume um so miami has the big orange drop it's a 35 foot piece of flat neon signage that's dubbed mr neon and it's in the shape of an orange with sunglasses (laughs) okay (laughs) it's cute yeah um, in Sarasota, Florida, they it's a glowing pineapple. <laughs> okay. Is there a lot and of pineapples Pine- there? Oh, yeah. We really like pineapples. Okay. I mean, I don't know about specifically in Sarasota, but probably. Into the pineapples. Uh, in Winter Haven, Florida, they drop a Lego brick. Interesting. Is there a reason for that one? It's where Legoland is. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. They also do it at 8 p.m., so it's for kids. Aw, that's cute. Yeah. Did you know that they have, like, children time New Year's Eve? Evidently, that's a thing. I didn't, but that makes sense. (laughs) It makes a lot of sense. All right. In Atlanta, um... hold on. Okay. Sorry. In Atlanta, they drop a peach. In Gainesville, Georgia, which I didn't even know there was a Gainesville, Georgia. I only knew there was a Gainesville, Florida. Oh, yeah. I don't think I knew that either. Yeah. So in Gainesville, Georgia, they have Chuck the Chicken. 
Okay. Yep. Is it like uh, an actual chicken? I have no idea. This is bringing up so many questions. I'm sorry. Everyone, I'm like, wait. (laughs) I I wonder too. I don't know. I should have looked into some of these a little bit more probably. Well, we're giving everyone the opportunity to do some research. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're in these areas, you can go check out, you know, like Chuck the Chicken. Yeah. And send us pictures, please. Yes, please do. Uh, In Macon, Georgia... They have a six-foot-wide lighted ball with metal cherry blossoms and pink lights. Okay. That's kind of cute. Yeah. It's to honor the International Cherry Blossom Festival. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So in Perry, Georgia, it's a buzzard. <laughs> okay. Uh, in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> so since 2014, the Savannah Riverfront has hosted... Up the cup on River Street, and they raise a to-go cup. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, in Tallapoosa, Georgia, they lower a stuffed possum named Spencer. Ew. <laughs> okay. Yep. In Unadia, Georgia, they lower a hog. A stuffed hog or a real hog? I have no idea. Okay, hog it is. Yep, just a hog. Uh, In Indianapolis, Indiana, an Indy car is dropped. That makes sense. Yeah, but when I picture them dropping an Indy car, it isn't like how I picture them dropping a ball. I just picture them dropping it from like the top of a building, just like, boom. And then it falls and splatters everywhere. Right. Okay, so in... Vincennes, Indiana, there's a giant 18-foot, 500-pound steel and foam watermelon ball that they raise 100 feet in the air during the 60-second countdown, and then the replica releases 11 real locally grown watermelons. All right. So that would get messy with all right? the watermelons. <laughs> They're actually dropping legit watermelons. That, All right. That's one I kind of want to see. Me too. Or maybe we should just, just start dropping watermelons. There we go. Yeah. We'll replicate the replica. New tradition. Uh, in Bangor, Maine, a beach ball covered in Christmas lights is dropped. That seems interesting in Maine that they would want to do a beach ball. That doesn't seem beachy to me up there. Yeah, but I guess they, they are on the water. They do have beaches. It's just colder. True. Right. So in Eastport, Maine, they drop a sardine. (laughs) Nice. I'm assuming it's a stuffed sardine because it'd be pretty funny to just have a singular sardine like on a hook. Seems very like anticlimactic, like one little sardine, like blub blub. (laughs) Um, In Kennebunk, Maine, they have a wild blueberry ball. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's made out of real blueberries. The fact that they use the word wild makes me feel like they made a ball out of real blueberries, but I don't know. Yep. In Machias, Maine, they have a giant plastic lobster holding a shovel and blueberries. Why does it have a shovel? I think the shovel is holding the blueberries. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Why does a lobster like blueberries? That's also a valid question. Uh, in Easton, Maryland, they drop a red crab, which I get that. That makes sense. In Frederick, Maryland, they drop a giant key. I, I don't know. And like the key to the city, maybe? Maybe. And Haver de Grace. I don't even know how to pronounce that. Uh, an eight-foot-long, five-foot-high wood and plastic foam lit duck. <laughs> I want to see that one. Right? Just a giant duck. Oh, I love it. In uh, Princess Anne, Maryland... It's a stuffed muskrat in a top hat and bow tie named Marshall P. Muskrat. (laughs) That one might be my favorite. That's cute. Hagerstown, Maryland drops a giant donut. Okay. A real donut? I'm assuming stuffed. I'm assuming it's a fake one. Uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan has a recyclable ball. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I, I dropped, I brought some like, just not super interesting, but kind of cool ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Traverse City, Michigan ha- drops a cherry. Okay. Ham- well, I lost my spot. Hamilton, New Jersey uh, also drops a blueberry. Oh, what's up with all the blueberries? Yeah. I guess they really like their fruits. Maybe it's okay. like be healthy in the new year. I think that these places probably just grow blueberries. Yeah, it's like how they make their income or something. Yeah, because that's what most of these are. So I did, tried not to include a lot of balls because balls are what we generally associate with New Year's. Right. Um, But I did include New York City only because I did not know that the New York City ball was made out of Waterford crystal. Yes, it is. Isn't that insane? Yeah. And it used to be... An apple. Oh, that makes sense. Because like the big apple. Yeah. During the 80s, it was an apple. I wonder why they took it back. I don't know. Maybe it was harder to cover it in crystals than an apple shape. Well, it was also like metal. True. I think. Because it used to be metal. And then, yeah, it was an illuminated apple. I don't know. Hmm. Questions. So in Niagara Falls, New York, they because Hard Rock Cafe, they drop a um, ten foot Gibson guitar. Makes sense. And about fifteen thousand to twenty thousand people go. Oh, so that's like the celebration to go to there. Yeah, it's like a thing. Makes sense. Okay, in Beaufort or Beaufort, North Carolina, they drop a pirate. <laughs> I don't know I'm if this is a it's... real pirate, but I hope it is. Okay. Like, arg. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably fake, but I hope it's a real yeah. one. Yep. Um, in Brasstown, North Carolina, they have a plexiglass pyramid that contains a live possum. Oh. And then the possum is turned loose at the end, but they've gotten a lot of shit from PETA. I could imagine. Yeah. Also, like, terrifying. Possums are so scary. (laughs) I would not want to be the person that's like, Like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll put it in. They just, and it's like a plexiglass. Wait, why? Why is it in a pyramid? 
<laughs> so many questions. <laughs> it's like the cult of possum. Yeah. <laughs> it's our savior, our possum. <laughs> In Bergon, North Carolina, they drop a blueberry. Love their bloops. Love their bloops. And Eastover, North Carolina, they drop a three-foot-tall, 30-pound wooden flea. Ew. Yeah. Why? I'm not into that at Why all. Why is your mascot a flea? Mm. Uh, Charlotte, North Carolina raises a lighted crown because their nickname that's, is the Queen City. That's cute. That, and that's, that makes sense to me. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah. Marion, North Carolina um, drops a five-foot-tall illuminated gold nugget into a large donut. Yeah, don't know why. I feel like that sounds like a drunk plan that someone was like, you know what we should do next year? And then they were like, that sounds great. And now probably how that came about. In Mount Olive, North Carolina, they have a New Year's Eve pickle. Oh, yep. pickle. Is it fried no. pickles with ranch? <laughs> I wish. Dang it. like to watch that while eating fried pickles. Yeah, we could drop it in the ranch and it would like the ranch would go everywhere. Yum. It'd be great. I'll I'll contact yeah, them. I'll let them seems know. Like a plan. Oh, they do that mm. because the Mount Olive Pickle Company is there. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So those are the perfect people to uh contact to tell them to make it a fried pickle and to drop it in ranch. Yeah. They can I start think- making their own ranch too and be like, look, I'm just helping you make more money, really. That's what I'm doing. Exactly. And then you'll get more people there. Exactly. Win-win. In Raleigh, North Carolina, they have a 900-pound copper and steel acorn. That sounds pretty, but They lower it by a crane. That makes sense. Yeah. Because some of these I am wondering, like, how are you making this look like anything other than dropping something? Right. Or I don't know. I'm sure they've had a few failed attempts at these. Probably. So in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, they drop a ball of popcorn. (laughs) Okay. In Elmore, Ohio, they drop a sausage. In Marion, Ohio, they drop a giant ball of popcorn. They just had to one-up Chagrin with the size of their popcorn, I think. It's like the big brother that's like, haha, I got the bigger popcorn. In Port Clinton, Ohio, they have a walleye fish named Captain Willie Walleye. <laughs> that's cute. It is. I like the animal and with the names. I'm into those. Same. I mean, they're like they're really into it. Yeah, it's cute. It's like their mascot. mascot. Yeah. In Cincinnati, Ohio, they have a flying pig that is flown, not dropped. (laughs) Yep. In Niagara Falls, Ontario, the elevator of the Skyline Tower is raised. They just raise an elevator. It's probably pretty easy. They're like, eh, that's an easy tradition. Yeah. It must be like an iconic tower. Yeah, I would assume. So Pennsylvania is actually the state where the most objects are dropped, which I think is weird. It is weird. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, New York is the second most, but you would think that New York would be the most. Or California, you think, would be the most because it's such a, like, big state. I don't know, but. Maybe. Okay. So, Allentown, Pennsylvania, they dropped their own Liberty Bell. Akron, Pennsylvania, a purple and gold shoe. Hmm. Beavertown, Pennsylvania, a stuffed beaver. <laughs> it makes sense. Definitely does. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, a 100-pound yellow illuminated peep made out of fiberglass. Is that where the peep factory is? It, it makes is. sense. <laughs> uh, Blaine, Pennsylvania, drops a wooden cow from a silo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. That's on, uh, on message. Yeah, yes, it is. Boyertown, Pennsylvania, drops a bear. Burnham, Pennsylvania, drops a replica railroad wheel. Okay. Carlisle, Pennsylvania, drops a button. <laughs> just a big button or just a little? I, I'm guessing a big button. Okay. Cleona, Pennsylvania, raises a pretzel. <laughs> okay. I want to go there. I hope that that pretzel is edible oh. and they should drop it, not raise it. And then everyone can eat a pretzel. Yeah, everything. like world's largest pretzel and be a camaraderie. Why doesn't anyone drop like the world's largest glass of beer? <gasps> yeah, there's so many questions we could. And then it could like turn into those bubbles, like those edible water bubbles. And then everyone can drink beer. Yeah. Okay. Or like, I don't know. Have some sort of like a giant keg maybe that has multiple spouts. Yes. Okay. So we need to start a multiple traditions. We'll do like yes. watermelon, no. maybe like watermelon drinks and then some cakes and then that'll be a great New Year's. This would be such a great New Year's and party. And a pretzel. And so we have food. So we're not too drunk I'm into this. Yeah. And then everything drops at midnight and then everyone has things to eat and drink the first thing in the yeah, New Year. Yeah. That's the celebrating abundance and fun it's the best new year's ever i'm into this idea it's way better than a silly fake ball or a button weird or a button <laughs> exactly so in cornwall pennsylvania they drop a cannonball a cannonball a cannonball how do you and not a person jumping into yeah. a pool yeah yeah cannonball okay <laughs> yeah like the actual yeah. evidently it commemorates the historic cornwall iron furnace okay like i guess because it's made out of iron right okay um like iron's made in furnace okay yeah sure okay so in dillsburg pennsylvania they drop two pickles two okay the little dill at 7 p.m for the kids. For the kids. Actually, no. It's uh, because it's midnight in Ireland in celebration of Dil Dillsburg's Irish founders. Oh, okay. And they drop Mr. Pickle at midnight. Mr. Pickle. Mr. Pickle. So that's a good one. And it's Dillsburg. I mean, come on. Yeah, it's very fitting. Uh, Drexel, Pennsylvania. They drop a fire truck bowl. 
<laughs> I don't I don't yeah. know what that means. I don't either. Um Duncannon, Pennsylvania drops a sled. Easton, Pennsylvania drops a 10-foot Crayola crayon to commemorate to accommodate children's bedtimes. They do it at 8 p.m. That's cute. Yeah. No kiddos. In Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, they drop a Okay, so they used to drop a giant M&M. But now they drop a giant Dove chocolate bar. Okay. Because both Dove and M&M's are manufactured there. I'm just like, why are the corporations owning New Year's Eve, man? I know. I'm not into that idea. No. So I'm not like here to worship M&M's. No. Like hand me free M&M's, yes. I'm into that idea, but... I don't want to worship you. Yeah, and I feel like dropping if you're dropping something specific, it's like it is a symbolic of your town and your life. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and rant. Um Fallmouth, Pennsylvania <laughs> drops a stuffed goat. <laughs> okay. Halifax, Pennsylvania, a hemlock tree. Hallam, Pennsylvania, a replica of the Haynes Shoe House. <laughs> okay. Yep. Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, a strawberry. Hanover, Another- Pennsylvania, a three-foot Pac-Man. Hmm. Hershey, Pennsylvania, a Hershey Kiss replica is raised. That makes sense. Yeah. High Spire, Pennsylvania, they drop candy. Into that idea as yes. well. Uh, it's it's because the Knight's Candy Store used to operate there during the 50s to 70s. Oh. So it's in commemoration of that. But yeah, they just drop candy and it's like, what, like a giant pinata? That's amazing. I so love this idea. Yeah, adding that to our New Year's uh, celebration. Yes. In Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, um, they dropped a steel mushroom. They're they're the mushroom capital of the world, so. Oh. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, a red rose is dropped. Is there lots of roses there? I don't know. Maybe. Okay. In Lebanon, Pennsylvania, they drop a 100-pound stick of Lebanon bologna. Ew. (laughs) Ugh. So, but... Good news is, is afterwards, the bologna is distributed to a local food bank and animal shelter. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so it doesn't go to waste, at least. Uh, In Lewistown, Pennsylvania, they drop a bag of Hartley's potato chips. Lisburn, Pennsylvania, a pair of yellow pants or britches, as they call them, is dropped in honor of the Yellow Breaches Creek. (laughs) That's clever. It is clever. How punny. In Lilith, Pennsylvania, a Moravian star is raised. Liverpool, Pennsylvania, a canal boat is dropped. Marysville, Pennsylvania, a replica of the Rockville Bridge that was made... By a local clubs local Cub Scout. 
Aw, little Cub Scout gets the win. Yeah. McClure, Pennsylvania, a kettle is dropped. McVeightown, Pennsylvania, an ice cream cake is dropped. I'm here for the food ones. Yeah, me too. Really into the food. <laughs> okay. This one's pretty funny. Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, drops a wrench. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also here for the puns. <laughs> um, Middletown, Pennsylvania. Okay. This one. I don't even understand what, wh- why. Uh, they drop a metal rhombicubocadetahedron. <laughs> what is that? Rhombicubocadetrahedron. Yeah, that. Okay. And it's referred to by the organi- organizers as a sphoctagon. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of nerds. Which is poor man too of sphere and octagon. Sphoctagon. Sphoctagon. Sounds, again, sounds yeah. like a lot of nerds and I'm into it. I was like, so you're short for that word is another weird word. <laughs> I understand what this is, but why? <laughs> oh, so, again, this uh, is bringing up so many questions. Yeah. Myerstown, Pennsylvania drops a tablet of Bayer aspirin. <laughs> Uh, Newville, Pennsylvania drops a big spring. Just like a giant spring. I'm sure it bounces right back up. Yeah, right. Uh, Palmyra, Pennsylvania, the giant shoe is dropped. In Port Royal, Pennsylvania, they drop a sprint car. In Pottsville, Pennsylvania, a bottle of Yingling beer is raised which Yingling is kind of like a cult following, so I get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Lion, Pennsylvania, raises a wooden cigar held by a lion. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Richland, Pennsylvania, drops a cigar. Shamokin, Pennsylvania, drops a chunk of coal, turning into a diamond at the bottom. Oh, I like that. Yeah, they've been doing that since the 80s. It's like end of the year starts with like a fresh, like a new diamond. Yeah. I also wonder if they have a coal industry. That would make sense. In Shenandoah, Pennsylvania, they drop a giant pierogi with kielbasa. Yes. (laughs) In Shippensburg, Pennsylvania, they drop an anchor. In Strasburg, Pennsylvania, they drop ping pong balls. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, right? I wonder who cleans it up and what happens if you get hit in the face with a ping pong ball. How far do they drop them from? Yep, yep, yep. You know, I'd want to like Questions. run through all of it. Be like, this is fun. Ping pongs. This is so much fun. With a ping pong like uh, paddle. Oh, yeah. Yep. That'd be a fun way to play beer pong. Just drop all the balls. Yes. Uh, in sunbury pennsylvania they have an incandescent lamp that they light um in homage to the hotel edison and its name saying thomas edison uh tomaqua pennsylvania raises a group of eagles 
live ones or uh, I want that to I it sounds like they're live ones. Interesting. Could be not live ones, could also be the band the Eagles. The Who knows? Crew, cover band the Eagles. Options, options. Yes. Uh so Wummelsdorf, Pennsylvania drops a cigar and York, Pennsylvania drops a white rose. Okay, we are out of Pennsylvania. Finally. Seriously. <laughs> Bye. In Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, they drop a giant lighted golf ball. Folly Beach, South Carolina drops a giant pair of flip-flops. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia has a copy of the Times Square ball that they raise rather than drop roanoke virginia has a 10 foot 10 foot (laughs) 10 foot illuminated star and fredericksburg virginia has an illuminated pear i wonder why a pear interesting yeah in mobile alabama they have a 600 pound lit moon pie (laughs) yeah so evidently it's called moon pie over mobile and it has a Mardi Gras style parade style parade because moon pies are a traditional throw at the Mardi Gras events in Mobile. Oh. So if you go to the ones in Mobile, you can get moon pies thrown. I'm into this. You. Okay. It sounds so much know. better than beads. I would yeah. do more for a moon pie than a bead. Heck yeah. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> In Wetumpka, Alabama, they drop a meteorite. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. And so they drop a meteorite at 11 p.m. in honor of the meteorite that hit the river city or hit there. I don't know. And at the stroke of midnight, they have fireworks that take place over the river. So I guess it's like meteorite, boom, fireworks. (laughs) Uh, I feel like you wouldn't want to commemorate like a tragedy that happened, but that's just no, me. Maybe it has something to do with how their city was formed, though. That's valid point. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Dothan, Alabama has an annual peanut drop. I don't know if that's a giant peanut or if they just drop a bunch of peanuts, but it sounds terrible if you're allergic to peanuts. Mm-hmm. Stay far away They're from also there. They're also peanuts capital of the world so don't go there yeah uh florida panhandle in destin florida so florida's because florida panhandle is a different time zone Mm. that's why florida's in too uh destin florida drops uh a no a bull is a bull i cannot speak Mm, words good. a ball is pulled over dustin harbor just a big ball panama city yeah just a big ball that they pull over the harbor okay don't know um panama city florida at 8 30 p.m there's a fireworks celebration and a family ball drop with seven thousand beach balls oh that's fun yeah i want to go to that one i actually could go to that one you should it's go close. to that one um, an illuminated 800-pound beach ball descends from a 12 stories at midnight. 
uh, Pensacola drops a pelican, which I just imagine they're dropping a live pelican and then it's flying out and attacking people. Like, why did you do this to me? Why? And De Plain, Illinois, they drop a diamond. I'm assuming fake because that would be stupid. Otherwise, that would be stupid if it was real. And Tell City, Indiana, um, they drop an apple with an arrow through it, which for some somehow this symbolizes Tell City's namesake, which is William Tell. But how does an apple with an arrow through it symbolize that? You're right. No, Someone no. named William Tell. I don't know. Uh, in Cedar Falls, Iowa, a large cedar is lowered by a chain. Uh, Manhattan, Kansas, they have the little apple. It's an apple-shaped aluminum ball. And it's a replica of the 1980s era Times Square ball. That's cute. I was trying to keep that tradition alive. Yeah, so if you want to check out the OG... What used to be like in uh, New York City, go to Manhattan, Kansas. Oh, Manhattan, Kansas. I get it. (laughs) (laughs) I did not get that at first. Uh, So in New Orleans, they drop a fleur-de-lis. However, until 2008, they used to drop a gumbo pot. They should go back to the gumbo pot. Yeah, why are they trying to switch it up? don't like that. And they're just trying to rebrand, evidently. Uh, in Kansas City, Missouri, Michael the Doughboy Moslock, the longest tenured improviser at the Comedy City Improv Theater, is draped in lights and dropped by members of the troupe. So they actually drop a person draped in lights. I'm sure the first year he was like, I don't want to do this. And now he's like, fine. I feel like he's a comedian, so I feel like the first year he was probably like, hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Now he's I probably mean, like, com- uh. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in Bartlesville, Oklahoma, they drop an olive. Uh, Memphis, Tennessee drops a guitar. And Nashville, Tennessee drops a 15-foot tall music note. San Antonio, Texas, the elevator on the Tower of the Americas is raised. What's with raising elevators? I don't know. I feel like it's just like the easiest option. Yeah. Um, Plymouth, Wisconsin. Plymouth drops an 80-pound decorated cheese wedge. Into that. Yeah. Prairie Duchene, Wisconsin. That's a good one. They A carp, real but dead, Caught by local fishermen and weighing between 25 and 30 pounds is lowered. Ew. So, yeah. So the carp is named Lucky and it's lowered onto a throne. <laughs> and each Lucky has a tree planted where it's buried with a commemorative plaque listing the carp's name and year. Oh, that's kind of cute. I kind of messed up that they're calling it Lucky. You murdered it. It's like the lucky one that got right. sacrificed for your New Year's Eve celebration. Like they should at least like eat it and like gather or I don't know, like yeah. not just waste a kill a fish for no reason. Yeah. At least they lower it onto a throne. I guess so, yes. <laughs> uh Sister Bay, Wisconsin has a cherry shaped ball. Uh Arizona. Flagstaff, Arizona drops a pine cone. Sholo, Arizona 
has a deuce of clubs. Yeah. Tucson, Arizona has a large replica taco. Taco. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. Prescott, Arizona has a boot. Boise, Idaho drops a giant potato. Okay. So, yeah. In Emmett, Idaho, they raise a cherry. And then in Twin Falls, Idaho, um, a metal ball bought at auction for $14 by a guy that owns a bar there um, named Dave Woodhead. It's been dropped from a pair of grain elevators since 2002. It's the it's a low budget event and it has a cult following. So <laughs> it's become a thing where they try to do it as cheap as possible, evidently. So mm-hmm. later editions switched from a manual pulley to using a 1961 Ford Econoline truck to lower the ball. <laughs> uh, okay. But, <laughs> yeah. And then like he got rid of the bar for a while, but the new owners have brought it back and it's on like special lists for being a a thing so people go yeah but it's a 14 dollar metal ball um i like the cheapness of it it's i'm into that idea yeah they're like let's do a crazy like budget new year's eve um la cruces new mexico has a 19-foot illuminated chrome chili pepper. All right. Orange County, California drops an orange. Fitting. South Lake Tahoe, California drops a gondola. <laughs> right? I don't... Temecula, California drops a bunch of grapes. Hmm, that also makes sense. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. That was very long. Thank you for listening to my very long list of the crazy things that are dropped. We learned a lot. There's a we lot did. of weird we things. A lot. And I'm sure if we went to, through the whole world, it would be even crazier. Well, I don't think everywhere drops things. I think that's really an America thing. I wonder what, how that started. I was thinking that while I was looking through this. Like, why did like, we decide to drop something to commemorate it? Maybe so everyone could, like, see when it was changing because not everyone had, like, clocks. Yeah, and, like, the precise time of it so everyone was new that yeah that would make sense yeah okay well thank you guys for listening yeah and if you have any crazy traditions let us know just email us at bang bang cult at gmail or message us on instagram at bang bang cult or facebook or facebook and have a happy new year be safe don't get hit in the head with any watermelons or ping pong balls or do. Yeah. They're or do. <laughs> okay. All right. Bye. Bye.